Welcome to the daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at VFNTV.com. Enjoy. We're about to talk about with 50 people controlling the behaviors of, mm-hmm. of one seventh of the world's population, or a billion folks. That's just not right. Mm. As a matter of fact, one of the coworkers that worked in that realm, he began to think about it and, and just think, you know, we gotta begin to be better stewards of what we're doing. And uh, he sat down for an interview uh, with PBS and, and it really helps us understand it's, I'm encouraged that they're thinking about it. I'm encouraged right. that they're thinking about, you know, don't, we shouldn't be. We should be realizing how much of an impact yeah. technology has on right. relationships. And what they're trying to do is get your eye, get you looking at it long enough so yeah. that they can throw commercials up. If they throw like three little, you know, commercials up, then they get paid for you mm-hmm. seeing those commercials. So what keeps you there? As a matter of fact, let's go listen to this interview now. And it makes you really alert. When you see your grandkids, they all walk around, stick look in their face, looking at their phone. You look at your kids, they're mm-hmm. looking at their phone. But you also look at their parents. Their parents are looking, but one's looking at junk, one's balancing their checkbook, and one's looking at their schedule. There's different things going on on that thing. But let's take a look right now. 50, this guy's reporting that 50 uh, uh, Silicon Valley Valley programmers are controlling the behavior because that's what they're hired Mm -hmm. to do, to get eye time on all this technology. Take a look. One billion of us own a smartphone, and we know how addicting it can be. One former Google employee says, this is no accident. Indeed, it is by design. And he became troubled by the relentless efforts of app developers to keep us glued to the gadgets. So Tristan Harris founded an organization called Time Well Spent. He's asking the tech industry to bring what he calls ethical design to its products. NewsHour special correspondent Kat Wise has more, part of our ongoing collaboration with The Atlantic. I noticed when I was at Stanford, uh, there, was a, there was a class called the Persuasive uh, Technology Design class. And there's a whole lab at Stanford that teaches students how to apply uh, persuasive psychology principles into technology to persuade people to use products in a certain way. So it's not about giving you all this freedom, it's about sucking you in to take your time. So the goal is to keep us on our devices longer. Why? For any company whose business model is advertising or engagement-based advertising, meaning they care about the amount of time someone spends on the product, uh, you know, they make more money the more time people spend. So the game becomes, how can I throw different persuasive techniques to get people to stay, to spend as long as possible, and to come back tomorrow? And it's clearly working. Today, wherever we go, we're inevitably surrounded by fellow citizens staring into their phones, as we usually are too. What do you think about when you're out in public and see people on their cell phones? You know, have you ever been in a moment where you're, you're sitting there and you just start using your phone to do something productive? Maybe you're in the back of a car, in a taxi, or you're on public transportation. You know, your phone is always giving you a, a way to spend time that's, that can be more productive, more entertaining, or more stimulating than reality. I often say that this puts a new choice on life's menu that's sweeter than reality. And so we're turning to it more and more often. We check our phones about 150 times a day. And what are the costs of that sort of constant interaction with with technology, both on an individual level and as a society? Well, uh, I think you know, each of us have to tune in for our own experience. I mean, what, what does it feel like when we check our phones 150 times a day? Or what does it feel like if we've been scrolling and, and had our, our face down and not breathing very much when we're scrolling for 
say, 20 minutes. I mean, how, how do we feel on the inside? How do you feel on the inside? I feel like I uh, don't feel very good after that. Uh, I feel like my anxiety goes up. I feel uh, more concerned about what I'm missing, um, what I'm missing out on, who I haven't gotten back to. Oh, I, you know, people think that I'm bad at getting back to them. All of this sort of psychology emerges all because of this one thing in my pocket. And we've never had uh, a media device that literally a billion people are kind of being programmed in the same way, where so much influence is in the hands of a few technology designers. At Google, Harris was a so-called product philosopher and helped design the Gmail inbox app. First of all, there was no one in the Gmail team who said, how can we addict people to email? There's no one who said that. That was never a goal. But you did hear conversations like, um, should we make it buzz your phone every single time you get an email? You know, there's a, oh, there's a design question. But the, the outcome of that one choice would be a billion people getting buzzed at dinners with their dates and with their friends and with their family. All of these billions of phones, by the product of this one choice, would be affected and interrupted all the time. And that was a conversation that you weren't having. I was getting a little bit disenchanted with whether or not uh, we were having, I thought, the bigger conversation about when email or any product that we make actually makes a positive impact on people's lives. And I made kind of a, a slide deck a manifesto. It basically said, never before in history have 50 mostly male 20 to 35-year-old designers living in California working at three tech companies influenced how a billion people spend their time. This is Coffee Bar in San Francisco, a popular hangout for high-powered techies like Harris, the ones whose choices can influence so many. This idea of missing something, I think that drives a lot of us. Tony Robbins has a great quote. He says, you know, I run eight companies and I have thousands of employees. What do you think the chances are that at any given moment, if I check my email, something has gone wrong? With his organization, Time Well Spent, Harris is urging peers in the tech world to have new conversations about the best interests of consumers. We need to change the incentive. I mean, I think so long as the business model of um, technology companies is advertising, uh, we are going to have a problem. And that's what you know, we're trying to do with time well spent, is to change the conversation from being about maximizing engagement and time to being about maximizing net positive improvements to people's lives. What are some examples of um, you know, apps that people use um, on a pretty regular basis um, and, and the ways that these companies are drawing this in? Have you noticed if you ever log into uh, Twitter, as an example? So there's an extra delay that you don't know how long it's going to take. It's between two and three seconds. Um, where that the number of new notifications on Twitter you have. So why is that there? Well, it makes that into a, what's called a variable schedule reward. It's like a slot machine. So you're playing the slot machine, and there's a time delay, and you're in that time delay, your anticipation's building, and then you get to see how many notifications I get. And so you become more addicted to checking it again the next time. It sounds like there's just a lot of sort of trickery going on here. I, I call it the race to the bottom of the brainstem to you know, get people's attention at all costs. You know, let's say I'm YouTube and I've got a certain amount of people's attention. You know, what's YouTube's biggest competitor? Probably Facebook. Or take the CEO of Netflix recently said that the biggest competitors to Netflix are probably YouTube, Facebook, and sleep. Meaning... Sleep. Sleep. Because at the end of the day, there's a finite amount of time people have and if you're not getting people's time, someone else, some other app, or some other part of someone's life is going to get it. 
So these services are in competition with where we would want to spend our time, whether that's our sleep or with our friends. There's this war going on to get as much attention as possible. Tristan, tell me about how you use your phone. Uh, well, um, I mean, I try to uh, use it as consciously as I can. Um, I mean, one thing, for example, is I set it up so that uh, I just have my in and out tools and my aspirational ways I want to spend my time on my home screens. And what notice, do you mean by in and out tools? What does that mean? The tool is something that you, you use and you never use it longer or more than you want it to. For example, Google Maps. Like if I need directions, I don't end up scrolling through Google Maps for a half an hour randomly, right? I, I just go in, I find where I need to go, and then I go out. And these are things that really don't draw you in for long periods of time. There's nothing on my home screen that is explicitly makes money from or wants to maximize how much time I spend. And I put all those other things inside of folders that are hidden. Are people still texting you or are, are sort of your friends and um, colleagues, maybe they're not texting you or trying to you know, reach out in, in a way that would distract you so often. At the end of the day, the thing that dictates what how someone reaches out to you and whether they use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or iMessage isn't because they're thinking deeply about it, it's because it's just the fastest and easiest thing to reach for. And so I think we have to recognize that as human beings, there's just a certain set of things we're vulnerable to that, that do influence us. And if it buzzes right now, I would probably, without even thinking about it with you here, check it. And so if I don't want that to happen, I just have to put it away. In fact, my phone just buzzed right now. Then <laughs> I just looked. There you go. Even knowing what you know, you still picked it up. And this is the thing that even the people in the world of persuasion we were talking about earlier, who know all about these, these tricks of how to get people to use products and to use a slot machine dynamic, whatever it is, they'll tell you that they themselves are no less vulnerable than the regular person because these techniques work on everybody. It's just part of being human. So you're looking at it, it's, like it's, a, it's a race to the bottom of the brainstem. Mm -hmm. And what happens is this, they're basically saying, let's do all the thinking for them. Yeah. And they'll say, well, I don't have to think. And then they advertise while you go find their thoughts out. And I mean, I, I remember, you know, we remember when there was only like three or four channels for television and, you know, and the news came on. You remember hearing things like, shh, be quiet, the news is on, stop talking. You know, I mean, there's something about, you know, television, mm -hmm. media that just gets our attention. God's designed us that way. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. uh, we have an offer for you to, for free just for us uh, becoming a partner of any amount whatsoever, we'll send this to you. And it's about faith, mindsets matter. It's so important, it'll change your destiny. And if you allow other people to constantly decide what you think, they're gonna decide how you feel, they're gonna decide your destiny. Mm -hmm. And that's what, really what they're doing. I mean, the advertisers will want you to buy their product. Google, Google doesn't charge anything because they, ch they charge the advertisers oh, to the advertise. Advertisers, yep. And every time you click and they see something, an ad pops up, they make money quite a bit of money as a matter of fact. And so you're looking at right now that we gotta begin to take charge of, we gotta begin to take charge of our, um, we gotta begin to take charge of our environment, our digital environment. Oh, what's going on? These things are happening. What we're allowing in. Yeah, and I really believe they're gonna be used powerfully by God, mm -hmm. you know, and they are right now. I mean, actually, we're reaching over 100 countries yes. right now, but you have to, we, we went through this whole dark ages when we're going from paper to plastic, from 
from paper type of concept of managing things years ago to digitally managing things. And everything got bigger, got more demanding, and we realized you know, what it was is we needed to have technology submit to us. Mm -hmm. We didn't need to submit to technology. And so and that's very important because we're going in a day and age where you can touch the world. I already believe some of the prophetic words that have been given by Patricia King. And we're seeing ourselves through the VFN Torch and our own presence on Facebook and Twitter. John Kilpatrick said the series. Yeah, exactly. And so you're looking at a way that you're going to be able to mm -hmm. minister to the thousands of people. But the question is, when are you going to put it down? You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Data Radio program, where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app, where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at VFNTV.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at VFNTV.com. VFN TV and the Daily Radio Program, where we're keeping the conversation light. <laughs>